Welcome to the Scout Team MVPs podcast, your home for weekly sports talk, where we break down all of your favorite teams, players, and upcoming matchups. Here are your hosts, the Scout Team MVPs. That's right, we are the Scout Team MVPs, and we are back with episode two of the Scout Team MVPs podcast. We had a great week last week, and we're back to do it all over again. I have Shane and Rob with me, as always. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Doing well. I'm good. Shane, what's it, what's it like at the Burlick household these days? <sighs> Fun stuff, as, as per usual. Um, did you guys read this story that was out today about this woman in Ireland or whatever that married that ghost pirate? You guys hear about this? I did. I did see a little bit about that. What was oh that all about? Goodness. What is this world coming to? Is what that's all about. She like married this pirate that got executed in seventeen hundred, and uh, she's like, "Hey, don't hate on my ghost marriage. It's legit." Like, come on, come on. How much attention oh, well, do you mean, want, to, lady? To each his own, right? I mean, you want to marry a ghost? I mean, that's fine with me. Whatever. What was their claim? He wasn't there enough for? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So, so things are good at the Burlick household. Rob, how are things at the at the old Guthrie compound? Never better. That's never better. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they're pretty good. How's how's your weekend? What'd you do? To be honest, I can't remember what I did. Oh well, okay. That's easy enough. Well, good deal. <laughs> sounds sounds like we're all doing good. Had a good weekend, and we are back with some more sports action. As always, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Scout Team MVPs. Also, visit our website at www.scoutteammvps.com. We're coming at you weekly on Wednesdays, and we had quite the uh, weekend full of sports here um, that we're going to kind of break down for you guys today. And we're going to kind of get into some NFL talk, a little bit of recap of what went down this past weekend in week 14. We had another uh, coach firing that just happened here recently. We'll kind of touch on that a bit. We're going to get into some fantasy football talk. Week one of the playoffs just went down. Lots of lots of unhappy people out there after they were bounced from from the football playoffs here in round one. Also, we had a Heisman Trophy winner crowned over the weekend. And we are going to also introduce a new segment to you guys called our Honorable Mentions of the Week. And our final topic of the week, as always, will be our Scouting for Picks segment, where we're going to pick a few games for you guys from the NFL week and some of those big matchups that are out there. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the episode. we're going to jump right into segment number one of our show today and we're going to talk a little NFL action recap week 14 and kind of get into the playoff picture a little bit as we get towards the end of the season here we're going to start off with some big news that just happened here recently and that is the firing of the Vikings offensive coordinator John DeFilippo so Shane I would like you to kind of Talk a little bit about that and get your insights because I know you you know you watched that game last night. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched the game last night, the entire game, obviously, as we discussed last week, Seahawks fan. Um, watching that game, I feel like it's pretty unfair to blame DiFilippo for everything that happened. Um, quite frankly, Kirk Cousins did not play well. Um, several plays you watch, uh, especially with the game on the line, one-yard line, Adam Thielen wide open. Stares down Rudolph into double coverage throws it there. He's just not making plays that they need him to make. So I don't truly blame DiFilippo for all their problems. I think Kirk Cousins is not an $84 million quarterback is what it comes down to. Um, quite frankly, you know, Wilson didn't play well either, but they won the game and he made big plays at the end to win that game. So uh, again, I'm not all for firing the coach. Obviously, that's the first step. You're not going to admit you were wrong on $84 million. So DeFilippo was on the chopping block over Kirk Cousins every time. Yeah, I mean, after watching that game last night too, it just it kind of seemed like a really instantaneous kind of reaction to what, what went down just purely based off of last night. I know the, the Vikings have been struggling a little bit offensively and not 
maybe getting exactly what they're looking for from their offense so far this year. But yeah, I mean, I think as far as his future goes, um, he's going to find another job. I mean, I know he's kind of on the docket for probably a couple head coaching positions that come open here. We, we talked about the Packers coaching position being open and he might be one of those candidates for that. Um, Rob, any thoughts on, on the firing? Well, as you guys know from last week, I'm not a huge proponent of firing midseason. Um, but if you look at his numbers in 2015, he was an offensive coordinator for the Browns. Um, they were ranked 30th in points per game. And this year with the Vikings, they're ranked 20th in points per game. So something had to change. And obviously, like Shane's right, your quarterback's not going to be it. Right. Yeah. You, you give a quarterback that much money, you know, guaranteed they're going to give him absolutely every single opportunity to, to get the job done. So somebody had to go and it just so happened that it was John Filippo, and, and uh, he'll be moving on somewhere else. So a little bit about him. Uh, we're going to jump into some of the week 14 recap here. We had action uh, down in Miami with the Dolphins and the Patriots game. Uh, I'm sure most of you guys watched that and that last play there, kind of one of those, you know, Stanford band kind of plays there. I was I was waiting for the the Miami Dolphins band to to run onto the field for that one. What did you guys did you guys catch that? Oh yeah. Um I just think that it it really came down to situational football. Uh they had Gronk as their jump man back in the cover three and it came down to him versus Drake and I'd take Drake in that situation all day and he scored so yeah, how do you how do you have Rob Gronkowski in on that play when the Dolphins have what they were at their own thirty yard line? They have seventy yards to go. Did they really think, you know, they're going to throw a ball seventy yards to the end zone? I mean, I, I don't even see why he's even in the in the game at that point, Shane. Yeah, did, can Ryan Tannehill even throw it that far? Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, what made I don't. I don't think you put Gronkowski in there. I mean, I think you reserve that for when they're going to toss it to the end zone. That's when you see guys like Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, when he was in the league, those big wide receivers go down there. Cause we all know what happens when you bat the ball in the air, anything can happen. Um, but yeah, why you have an offensive player to potentially make a tackle at the end of the game. I have no idea. Um, and I know we're getting this later in the fantasy later in the segment, but I have Drake on my fantasy team. And are you that? Yeah, he's the most infuriating fantasy player ever. That would, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, that was kind of just a fluky play. I mean, you didn't expect that to happen. Maybe less than one time in a hundred. If you actually look at the play, it was actually kind of a broken, uh, a broken play in the sense it was supposed to be like a hook and ladder, but Parker was totally out of position and it actually worked out for him. So it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, it just it just seems like every time the the Patriots go down to Miami, something something happens, and they seem to have the Patriots number down there. So definitely an exciting game, exciting ending to that game for sure, um, and drops the Patriots to, to nine and four. So another another game we had on the docket this past weekend, um, we had the Giants over the Redskins forty to sixteen, and forty point performance from the Giants, and, and that game was was over in the first half, and I. Th- you know, Saquon Barkley barely barely played in the second half, and that was just that was just a route. I mean, you have Mark Sanchez as the Redskins quarterback, and I think we've kind of seen how that's how that's worked out for him so far. Yeah, so that that was a hideous display by Washington. Sanchez threw two picks, Johnson threw one. When you turn the ball over three times in the year, it's hard to it's hard to win. And then you let Saquon Barkley go for one seventy in a TD. It's Pretty hard to stop. I'll take Saquon all day long, um, being on my fantasy team. So I enjoyed yeah, he, that he's performance. He's really Shane. Awesome. Thoughts on the on the Redskins Giants game? So in terms of my thoughts, uh, Washington. Once Alex Smith went down, that was the kiss of death for them. Um, obviously, Mark Sanchez is not going to be a star. We've seen it. The butt fumble comes to mind. I think Josh Johnson playing quarterback for the Redskins. I think he has the second longest time in between passes in an NFL game behind Doug Flutie only who played in the Canadian football league for like eight years. Uh, Hard to win games with that 
quarterback play. Obviously, Barclay, what, 170 yards on the ground. Um, and that's when you have that, not going to happen. That's why you get a route. 16 points only right. came in garbage time. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, that game was, was over early and, um, you know, Saquon went off and anytime Saquon has a good day, that's a good day for, for me. So next game we had on the docket was we had a chiefs win in overtime over the Ravens, 27, 24, the Ravens gave the chiefs everything they could handle. And it was definitely a good game. Not sure if you guys caught it at all or what your thoughts were on that one. Yeah, it was definitely a little different. Uh, obviously, Mahomes did Mahomes things. He went for 377. Tyreek Hill had 139. But the the crazy stat to me was that the Chiefs allowed under 350 total yards that game. And they're ranked pretty bad in defense, so it was pretty good. Shane? I think Mahomes is really solidifying himself as potentially the MVP of the National Football League. I mean, the only other guy... I think out there that can make a case is maybe Drew Brees, but stats wise, record wise, just how he looks. I mean, Mahomes is the guy that chiefs offense is ridiculous. Even without hunt, um, <laughs> the good luck stopping those guys. I mean, Tyreek Hill, Spencer Ware even had a decent game against the Ravens right. there. Yeah. I mean, even like you said, with the loss of Kareem hunt, that, that chiefs offense just keeps ticking. They, they plug guys in at the running back spot and they just, keep putting up the yards and Mahomes, like you said too like being a first year starter sometimes you really never know what you're going to get but he definitely took the reins from alex smith and um he's he's going to have that job for for many years to come and he's gonna he's been performing well so definitely a fun team to watch and definitely a team that's probably gonna make some noise in the playoffs so next game that we're going to kind of break down a little bit um was a packers bounce back win and a first victory for their interim head coach joe philbin um, I know the Packers, you know, nothing really to play for potentially. I mean, they have a long shot here still at the playoffs, but uh, I think it was just one of those wins where, you know, you get some new blood in there with the head coach and um, different voice in the in the headset for Aaron Rodgers and, and Joe Philbin calling the plays. Um, score was, you know, 34 to 20, but I don't think that game was as close as the score dictates even. Um, Rodgers, too, you know, broke the record for most consecutive passes without an interception, you know, passing Tom Brady. Uh, that that record was you know, 359 attempts, but after his day was done, he sits at 368 pass attempts without an interception. Um, numbers probably a little bit skewed because you know even during that broadcast they showed a stat where where Rodgers has you know over 50 some throwaways this season, and the next closest quarterback was was 30. So maybe some skewed stats, but still, anytime you have over 300 pass attempts without an interception, I think it's think it's pretty good. Um, you guys catch the, the Packers game at all this weekend? It was a good one. Um, I was actually impressed with with Aaron Rodgers, you know, the record that he was able to set just because of how kind of he's having a down year. Um, but if anyone was going to break Tom Brady's, you know, consecutive passes without an interception, it was definitely going to be Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's only thrown 79 career interceptions. He's got an interception rate of 1.5%. So, if anyone was going to do it, it's going to be him. Everyone's talking about Aaron Rodgers setting that NFL record. That's not the NFL record I want to talk about from that game. Joe Philbin, two challenges lost in the first 86 seconds of that game is the fastest in NFL history that someone's used both their challenges. That's impressive. I mean, <laughs> especially after the first one got called the catch. I don't, I don't know. I mean, that was... I, I don't know what – there's obviously somebody in his ear telling him the wrong stuff, so there might be another Packers person fired after this week for that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy, that that first possession there um, for the Falcons. And like you said, within you know a minute and a half, Packers used both of their challenges. I thought that first one you know, definitely probably should have gone the Packers' way, but you know, especially after they lost that first one, throwing the challenge again, what seemed you – know, what was it, a couple plays later – um, kind of crazy. Luckily, you know, it didn't affect the outcome for them at all. They didn't, they didn't need those challenges down the road, but, um, yeah, kind of crazy to, to see, you know, just that happen in such a short amount of time. Yeah. All in all though, I think Philbin had a good game. He called some good plays. 
uh, not really ever play called before. Uh, you could tell he was kind of new to it because he wasn't even holding the sheet above his face to hide his hide his words at all. But you know, I think he did have a great game calling calling it. So obviously, you've watched a lot more Packer games than either one of us. Do you think he's doing enough to potentially put his name in the hat for that job at the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, out of the internal candidates, he would, he would be the one that would be most likely to get it. I mean, I think even if he he goes, you know. 4 0 to end the season here. I, I don't really see I don't really see him getting the job. I mean that's just my opinion, but I think he's got a long kind of road to hoe here with that. But um like yeah, if he goes four and to end the season here and if somehow they can even sneak into the playoffs with a little bit of help, um I think he's pretty much done everything he possibly can to solidify his name for the for the next head coach. A little bit of Packers talk there. We're going to move right into our next game that we had over the weekend, and we had uh, a Colts and Texans game, and the Colts ending the Texans' nine-game winning streak with a 24-21 win. Uh, Andrew Luck doing Andrew Luck things of old. Uh, you guys catch that game? Um, I caught some highlights a little bit, uh, but you could definitely tell the Texans were were uh, in for it because you know their pass defense has been trash all year. And Andrew Luck tore him apart with almost 400 yards. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Andrew Luck this year definitely got to be a candidate for for comeback player of the year after, you know, him not playing in a game for almost two years or something like that. So, yeah, you got to give Andrew Luck the comeback player of the year. I don't think there's a question about it. I mean, how about T.Y. Hilton going for almost 200 yards receiving, too? I mean, a couple of good receivers in that one, Hopkins and Hilton. I mean, yeah, I mean, Colts are hot too. I mean, what is the Colts record now? Seven and six. They were kind of written off for dead, but they're kind of coming back a little bit out there in the AFC. I was actually really impressed that the Colts defense actually held Houston's rush game. Uh, both of their runners had 3.5 and 2.5 yards per carry, which is probably some of the lowest all year. So I think their defense played pretty well too. It wasn't just all Andrew Luck. Good, good Colts Texans game there. We also uh, we had a Browns getting their fifth win of the season over a Carolina team that's kind of been going down the tubes uh, as of late. Uh, we had a 49ers victory over the Broncos, which was kind of surprising. And a, a nice stat from that game was was George Kittle with seven catches, 210 yards, and also an 85 yard touchdown in there. Um, 49ers even without without Garoppolo, I mean, still still being competitive and winning games here. Yeah, so Chris, you mentioned Kittle a little bit. I do have an interesting little tidbit. Denver has given up all over 900 yards to tight end, so you kind of could almost see that game coming from Kittle. Yeah, and, and he's been a surprise all year long, though, but, I mean, he's he's been a consistent force for solid their offense. Target. Yeah, solid target for sure, and definitely seems to be a favorite um, of their backup quarterback since he's been in the game. You know that backup quarterback for San Francisco, what college he went to? Not off the top of my head, no. No, I'm not a genius. How about Southern Miss, boys? Same as Brett Favre. Oh, no wonder. No wonder he's got oh, that rocket arm. <laughs> oh, that's where he learned it all. <laughs> we we should have we should have should have seen that come. Maybe maybe he's uh gonna push for uh, some more starter reps next year after Grapple's back. Hey, I mean he did throw for 330 yards, so it's he did have a good game. Anything is possible. So yeah, good 49ers. You know, win there. We also. Had a pretty stunning Raiders victory over the Steelers, 24-21. Um, Steelers, I just you never know what you're going to get from week to week this season. It seems like I mean they some weeks they look like the Steelers of the you know the past ten years, and sometimes they just you never know what you're going to get. So Raiders, who have been down in the dumps all year, obviously is with their first year with John Gruden as head coach, um, getting a getting a really good victory. Yeah, and I think you know it wasn't all just the defense of the Raiders. It definitely Derek Carr stepped up a lot too. He had he had like 300 plus yards in that game. And uh the biggest thing for me was Pittsburgh gave up 14 fourth quarter points, which is pretty rare out of a good Pittsburgh D. So that was definitely the the game changer. Shane thoughts? Well, Obviously, the Le'Veon Bell situation was a pretty big distraction for this team. I mean, I'm never a big subscriber to the theory that distractions really affect teams. I think a lot of it is just on-field performance. I think, honestly, Ben Roethlisberger, he's kind of a dramatic quarterback. I mean, he's not 
he's not a guy that's going to step up and say, hey, that's on me. I mean, I think last year when he threw those five interceptions in the game, he said, oh, maybe I should just quit. That's not what I'm looking for out of a, a franchise quarterback, potentially a future Hall of Famer. Um, he just seems to be disinterested uh, the more the season goes on. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what we get from the Steelers down the stretch here for sure. Um, and if they're going to be any sort of contender as the playoffs come around here. Um, also had a really good Cowboys Eagles matchup. Those games are always fun to watch. Cowboys coming out on top 29, 23 in overtime. Big stat of that game was Amari Cooper, 10 catches, 217 yards, three TDs, including the game winning 15 yard touchdown in overtime. Um, Cowboys, the Eagles, like I said, always a good game. I think they were the game of the week there on Fox and definitely a good game. And the Cowboys have been hot lately. So fun to watch. Yeah, I know we're going to get into it a little bit later, but uh, who could have seen that coming that the Cowboys were going to win that game, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, whatever, Shane. Um, I did find it interesting that all of Amari Cooper's touchdowns were go-ahead touchdowns. Uh, they They were... Very generous with that stat in the in the broadcast, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's a crazy, crazy performance by Amari Cooper. Definitely seems to be panning out for the Cowboys after sending their first-round pick to the Raiders to to get him earlier this season. Um, interesting to see what he's going to do you know, with Dak Prescott going forward here as their quarterback. Uh, and then I feel like what was coming into the week had Game of the Week written all over it and potentially the, the best game of the weekend with the bears and the Rams. And we had the bears coming out on top in a, in a defensive battle uh, 15 to six, where we had Todd Gurley held to just 28 yards on the ground. And we had Jared Goff throwing four interceptions, not a very Jared Goff like day. You guys, I'm sure you guys Gee, caught that one. Thoughts on that? Thought that I don't know. Yeah, I wonder who, who, would have, who could ever pick the Bears? Show up. <laughs> um, not yeah, me. 28 yards, second second ranked defense in in rush game. So you could kind of almost tell that was coming. Obviously, I told you guys, and I'm going to tell you again. Uh, Jared Goff's four picks are interesting. So uh, he had seven lead, coming into that game. He leaves with 11, and that was definitely doesn't help when you turn the ball over four times in the air. All right. Shane, thoughts on on the Rams bears. Yeah. Apart from that game against the chiefs, maybe a few games earlier in the season, has Jared Goff really been that impressive this year? I mean, I really feel like he hasn't. I mean, he's been good, not great. I mean, you can rely on Todd Gurley for a lot of things, but that bears defense is going to make you be, you know, um, a multifaceted offense. You have to run and throw, slow down their pass rush. Uh, just get them on their heels. Obviously, Jared Goff wasn't able to do that. Todd Gurley, thank goodness, I was on a fantasy week this or a fantasy bye week this week. Otherwise, that would have been ugly for me. Only eight points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, the Rams just a, definitely a down day on offense. Total yardage, they you know, two hundred fourteen yards, and they were three for twelve on third down. I mean, playing a, a team like the Bears and a quality defense like they have, that's just not going to get it done especially when you you know you turn the ball over that many times. On the Bears side of things, you know, Mitchell Trubisky didn't have a good day either, only thrown for 110 yards and three picks. Um, like I said, the story of that game was definitely the Bears' defense with their, with their four interceptions. They did force a fumble um, that the Rams did recover, but definitely a dominating Bears' defense performance for sure. Yeah, and, you know, going into that game, they led the league in takeaways, so – you kind of knew you had to take care of the ball if you're on the Rams, but obviously just got a little greedy and threw four too many interceptions. <laughs> Point about Trubisky, I mean, he doesn't have to do anything spectacular to win most games. He only has to not lose. I mean, that's that's right, all the they're asking Joe him Flacco to do. Joe syndrome all over again. Right. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they definitely had high aspirations, you know, jumping up in the draft, taking him second overall last year. But like you said, when the Bears defense is playing like this, they don't really need him to do a whole lot, and they can even beat a high-powered team like the Rams while he throws three interceptions. So definitely a good win for the Bears. It'll be interesting to see if those two match up again in the playoffs and what kind of game we'll, we'll get then. Um, speaking of the playoffs, I uh, kind of want to do a little bit of a rundown of what the playoff picture looks like as we sit right now. Um, looks like we have a couple teams 
that have clinched playoff berths. We also have a couple teams that have uh, clinched the division title. Saints and the Rams have clinched their divisions. Uh, and the Chiefs have clinched a playoff spot. Um, still got a lot of stuff kind of up for grabs, especially in the NFC with a pretty crowded wild card picture. Right now we have the Seahawks and Vikings um, in those two spots right now, but it's kind of, we have a couple teams in the hunt still, Panthers, Eagles, Redskins, Packers, all within a couple of games here. And it's going to be interesting over the last three games of the season, who's going to, you know, win these last three and, and jump into one of those spots. Any thoughts guys on, on what to expect from some of these teams that are in the hunt or teams that are uh, already in? I mentioned the NFC, but the AFC is actually, obviously the Chargers got that first wild card game sewed up, I think. Uh, but the Colts, Dolphins, and Titans are tied with the Ravens at 7-6, and six, and there's only you know one game in between two other teams there, so that's going to be pretty close too. Yeah, I'm going to jump back over to the NFC. I mean, it's much more jumbled there too, I think. Um, I think in both conferences, teams are just playing for one playoff spot. San Diego is going to take one. Seattle, if they win against San Francisco or Arizona, they clinch a playoff spot. Um, that's going to happen. I mark that down now. <laughs> they may not beat the Chiefs, but they will beat either San Francisco or Arizona to guarantee themselves a spot. I think the Packers, honestly, are not in a bad spot where they sit. You look at Carolina, they have the Saints twice. Um, the Redskins, we saw that debacle. Uh, Eagles, who knows what you're going to get with the Eagles. I think they also play uh, the Chiefs or the Chargers. Not sure. But the Packers might be sitting pretty on that second wild card spot in the NFC. Yeah, Shane, I'm glad you brought that up. The Packers are actually sitting fairly decent because the Panthers are a dumpster fire, the Eagles are going downhill, and the Redskins, after losing Alex Smith, it could only get worse from here. But my shocker right now is the 4-9 and nine Falcons. How in the heck did that happen? Uh, I mean, I think you kind of saw, I mean, after that game on Sunday against the Packers, um, they just – don't look like the Falcons. I'm not sure what's going on exactly, but they can't seem to do much of anything. And the Packers took advantage. And even though their playoff hopes, you know, being the Packers are, are slim, like you guys said, uh, they, they have to win out. That's for sure. And they need a little bit of help. They need uh, the Vikings here to lose two of the next three um, to maybe jump up into that spot as well and make the playoffs after what seemed like they were, have been doomed for the last month and a half here but so that's kind of a little bit of a playoff rundown for you guys uh in our first segment coming to a close we talked a little week 14 action and and the playoff picture as it sits right now so we're gonna jump into segment two right when we come back here Jumping right into our second segment of episode two here on the Scout Team MVPs podcast, and we're going to go right into some fantasy football talk, a little playoff week one recap for all you fantasy football players out there. I know for our sakes, uh, we are all in a league together. Uh, we've been doing it now for, uh, this is our eighth year, I believe, um, and not to brag, um, but I am one of two yeah, two-time yeah, yeah. champions mm-hmm. of the league along with along with Shane right Shane <laughs> I mean uh, we kind of run this league right <laughs> yeah I was gonna say some of us play a little bit better than others Rob but uh, you guys are you know. donkeys shut up <laughs> yeah I mean over the past couple of years I haven't uh, been doing as well but I mean anytime you know you're a two-time champion out of only seven seasons I mean it, we're, you're doing something right so but yeah just a little bit about you know our fantasy football background i mean like i said this is now our eighth season that we're doing the league together a bunch of our old high school buddies in the league together just one of those things that you know if you enjoy sports you're probably going to enjoy fantasy football one of those ways to always be engaged in all of the games that are happening not just the team that you root for um we just you know one of those things that we wanted to start to kind of because we're all competitive we love we love sports we love football we love watching the game so we started the league and currently we're only sitting at a at the eight-team league, but we are going to be having two new members join our league next year. Uh, it's a keeper league, two-player keeper, and is a full-point PPR league. And it always is nice to see to see those high-scoring matchups every single week. 
um, unless you're Rob. Um, but listen here, oh. guy. I don't want to hear any of your crap. All right. <laughs> I mean, Rob's I drafted sitting in last place. Dumpster like fire. I drafted hey. a dumpster fire, and I'm making the best of it. All right. Well, you made I some good moves for your future. You're in full on yeah, rebuilding exactly. mode. It's it's so great. You guys can all just take your good teams and shove them. Let's just let's just read. I'm, off now, your I'm hoping to. Uh... One eleven and one. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! That's better than <clears throat> zero wins. So I'm that's not really true. That's true. That's true. One win is better than zero. That that is for sure. I can but... do math. <laughs> I think you're just looking forward to that number one pick next year, and also yeah. you have two first round picks, don't you? Can we can we be honest here? Um, once I was zero and five, and Elliot wasn't performing like I thought he was gonna. I kind of started playing for next year already, so you know, last place. Well, I mean, is my whatever. Goal. <laughs> last place is my goal. So here we go, boys. I mean, however you have to justify it. I mean, you know, just sitting at like Shane said, one eleven and one. I mean, yeah, uh, I just gotta rationalize it. That's all. Yeah, whatever you gotta do to you know. Make Whatever helps sense. you sleep at night about being terrible at fantasy football is, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, guys, I mean, it's just one of those one of those things that we enjoy because we're all competitive. And like you see, it's always fun to, to trash talk a little bit. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, especially when you when you do a podcast with the with the team that's that's in last place. That always helps. Hey, wait a minute. Um, OK, so I just want to say something to everybody that's listening. I'm not always bad, all right? This is my worst year by far. Same Most of the times I'm in the top four. No. Top half oh, of the league. So I just want to let you guys know that these guys are all full of garbage. We can fact check that. Well, I think the record speaks for itself. Record speaks for itself. You guys keep but... throwing that stupid record in my face. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about uh, Rob's uh, dumpster yeah, fire of a team. football segment. You didn't say bash Rob for five minutes. Well, I thought I thought it was kind of implied that that's that's what we do on this show. <laughs> it was um, a secret, but, so we were gonna. <laughs> well, now now everybody knows that you know secrets out. You know, this is the the Bash Rob podcast episode right. two. Um, but stay on the fantasy football topic, guys. We had quite the performances from a couple of players in the NFL, and I know you know, like I said, some of the teams in our league felt the hurt, especially from the top scoring player of the week and these are based on ESPN PPR standard scoring and we had Amari Cooper coming in with 49.7 points we kind of touched on that Dallas Cowboys game and and his game-winning touchdown but what what a week from Amari Cooper did you guys expect to see that from Amari you know jumping over to the Cowboys from the Raiders absolutely not I don't think a lot of people did uh Dak Prescott I don't see him as a, a pure passer and Amari Cooper was kind of down on his luck, so I think it actually kind of worked out for both of them, and they're showing up. So I guess good for them. I keep losing in fantasy, so I guess I really have no say in anything anymore. <laughs> uh, you some, don't. Of us, some of us had a bye week this week, so you know, we're not too worried about it. Yeah, Shane, uh, Shane with a bye week this week in our league. He was the second place in the regular season, getting him one of those two first-round buys. So he was sitting pretty watching all the action go down. We also had a huge performance this week from Derek Henry. Are you kidding me? Where, where has he been all season? Where has he been since he got into the NFL? Well, in our in our league, he's on the waiver wire, Chris. So obviously none of us are that good. So uh, <laughs> definitely a good game. 99-yard touchdown. I think he had like a 50-plus yard touchdown too. That's just insane. I can't even run up the stairs, let alone that many yards. <laughs> Well, that's also the reason you don't play in the NFL. <laughs> that's why I don't play in yeah, it. I mean, you might be right there, Shane. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think our time has I think our time has passed. I mean, considering uh, all of our high school careers, Rob, you didn't even play high school football, so nope. I'm not... No, I did not. Thank God. My mom sure. said it was oh the devil. I blame oh. a knee injury for taking me out of the game. Otherwise, I was going to uh, be all pro. Yeah, that's true. Shane, just use that as an excuse, Shane. Don't lie. Shane, you are definitely headed uh, in the right direction. Your senior year, definitely a, a first team all state was was in your grasp, and then you, and then you tore tore your ACL and were hobbling around on a cane the rest of the season on the sideline. Yeah, it w- yeah, it definitely was a great senior year for basketball. At least he played really well that year. Uh, I think he played like a whole two minutes. So 
It was good. Careful, Rob. Hey. Palmyra Eagle. Hey, we're not the scout team MVPs for no reason. I mean, we that's, that's our, I mean, let's be honest, right? I, think I did get votes for scout team MVP senior year, <laughs> even though I was in a torn ACL. Yeah, they felt bad for you. They I had to play wide receiver. We didn't have enough depth. Uh, yes, out there. <laughs> uh, Derek Henry, huge performance, like we just talked about. We also touched earlier on George Kittle's huge day. He came in with 34 points uh, on the week. Next guy on our list here, we have Juju Smith-Schuster with a 33-point performance in the Steeler loss to the Raiders. He was their, their lone bright spot. Um, I played against Juju this week, um, and he definitely uh, made it interesting for me. But uh, So for me, with Juju, it wasn't the points that amazed me. That catch was phenomenal. It was an amazing catch, and he's turned into probably pretty close to Antonio Brown-level quality player. He's been good for them for sure. I, I mean, I don't know if I'd put him at Antonio Brown status quite yet, but I mean, he seems to week in and week out. He's a consistent performer. Definitely somebody that Big Ben is always tossing the rock to. And we saw it here with a 33 point performance. Uh, so next on our list, we have Ezekiel Elliott, who continues his hot last couple of games here. He comes in with 31.2 points. Um, I know many fantasy owners are, are happy about that one. Especially once we traded him away. <coughs> yeah, Rob. so he's been in quite a tear since I got rid of him. So it's come down to the fact that either A, I suck at fantasy football, which yes. probably isn't the case. Correct. Or no, B, no, I have no, you terrible luck. No, no, I think it's a luck There's no thing, B. Chris. No. I think you're no. off base. Just A. a. <laughs> we don't need an option B. A. Well, you know, I would love to continue this segment probably all night long and just continue to talk about Rob's terrible, terrible fantasy Chris, football team. You better watch it. <laughs> Hold on a minute. But Before, you can't end it yet. You got to tell them who plays each other this week for a shot at the okay, championship. Okay, I was, I was, yeah, I was, do we got to walk was, you through this, Chris? I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up, Shane, because I, after my week last week with, you know, Kareem Hunt, uh, being suspended um at greg olson go down i had aj green come back for about two seconds uh but yes i did bounce back this week i got i got a win in the round one of the playoffs and upcoming this week we have a scout team mvp matchup in round two of the fantasy football playoffs me versus shane and boys i'm just gonna give you my take on this i think shane is a a crappy GM for his fantasy football team. So I'm going to go ahead oh boy, and say that Chris take. is going to win this by a landslide. I think that even though he doesn't have Kareem Hunt, I don't think he needs him. I think Shane is going to actually bench some players, maybe wow. leave his player spots open. I don't know what he does, but I think Chris is going to win. I'm going to read off my roster and All say right. how bad of a GM I am. Come on. No. Yeah. No, no. we don't have time for that. No, yeah, no time. No, no, no time. Also, yeah, let's no, time no time. Nope, no time. It sounds like a perfect time to wrap up segment two, and we are going to take a short little break for an ad from our sponsor, Anchor. Jumping into segment three, we are going to talk Heisman Trophy and, and who won? We had the winter crown this past weekend here on Saturday. Uh, the three finalists that were in attendance, we had Kyler Murray, the Oklahoma quarterback, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, the Alabama quarterback, and Dwayne Haskins, who was the Ohio State quarterback. Um, two sophomores with, with Tua and, and Dwayne there, and also a redshirt junior with Kyler Murray. And we had Kyler Murray winning the Heisman Trophy, with a total of 2,167 points, which equates to 517 first-place votes. Tua came in second and, and Dwayne Haskins in, in third. Any thoughts about the Heisman Trophy, guys, and if you caught some of the, the play from those three finalists this year? So I haven't watched a ton of college football this year, but I did dig up some of their stats. And, you know, Tua is the only person that leads an undefeated team in Alabama. The other two have one loss, um, and Haskins on Ohio State has their team leading the Big Ten. He's got 4,500 yards, 47 touchdowns, eight interceptions, compared to the winner, Kyler Murray, 
3,300 yards, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions. I guess I just kind of don't get how they vote. <laughs> well, considering, I mean, look at all the all the votes that are on the board there. I mean, the, the Heisman Trophy has been a quarterback award, I feel like, for the last, you know, however many years. I mean, we've had a couple of running backs sprinkled in, uh, Derrick Henry and, you know, Mark Ingram come to mind off the top of my head. Um, but it's been a quarterback award, I mean, especially with spread offenses that we're seeing, you know, in college football. Uh, and Kyler Murray, not only is he is he a good passer, but he's um, he runs the ball extremely well. And he, he's one of those Russell Wilson type, you know, as far as height goes. And and he has a pretty good all-around game. Shane, any thoughts on, on Kyler Murray winning the Heisman? Two things. First, the most impressive part about all that's all that was that you got uh, Tua's last name right. I'm not even going to try it. Um, I'm very oh, come on, impressed. Come on, so, give, so, give, give us one. Give us one. Tua Tangavailoa. I just call it's him actually, Tua. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. Tua T, actually, we'll call him. It's actually Tua Tagalovivialia. No. No. That's, yeah, I think I think we could probably debate that for a full hour show. I'm just trying not to pronounce the name. <laughs> but but uh, I think what hurt... Tua, we'll just call him Tua, is okay. Alabama was in trouble in that game, and Jalen Hurts had to come back and lead them to the win there. It wasn't Tua that led them to the win. It was Jalen Hurts. But wasn't um, it Tua last so year that th- uh, led them to that win in the national championship game? Right, but he was not. He wasn't great in that game if you watched it. I mean, it, what was George up was 28-14 second half at one point. He goes out, Jalen Hurts leads him to 35 or 21 unanswered points to win the game. Right. So I do have a question for you boys. Tua, obviously, on Alabama. Obviously, Alabama's great every year. Do you think someone from Alabama could ever really win a Heisman with how much talent they have on the team? Yes. Well, Rob, Rob, Rob. We've seen it. Derek, I know Derek we, Henry. we've seen it. We've seen it from a lot of players. I'm just saying, the Alabama of of now is. I mean, they can do everything to you defensively, offensively. Doesn't it, it's hard to single out one player? I think. Shane, I'll, Shane, I'll let you take this one. Well, obviously, it's an award who people think is the best player in college football, and we've seen it in the past. Guys have a good last four games, and all of a sudden, oh. That's your Heisman winner. It's not necessarily a full season award, in my opinion. It's you have to be on a good team, yes, but it's who's the hottest at the end of the season. And I don't think you would find a hotter quarterback than Murray in the last four or five games of the year uh, in Oklahoma. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Um, speaking of Kyler Murray, um, I'm sure you guys have seen that he was a 2018 first round draft pick. Ninth overall by the Oakland A's, and you know it sounds like even preseason wise, um, he's been saying all along that that he's gonna gonna go play baseball. I mean, he did sign a, a four point six million dollar signing bonus, and that's and that's uh, coming from ESPN.com. And his agent is Super Baseball agent Scott Boris. Um, after winning a Heisman Trophy, does does he have to kind of reconsider? Oh, I think so. If you got a team in the MLB that interested in you and you enjoy playing MLB as opposed to possibly in the NFL, there's definitely a lot more money to be had in the MLB Shane? Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, that was, I was going to go two things, major league baseball. Who's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? Aaron Rodgers now, right? What's he make a year? Do we know 30 million? Maybe if that somewhere in that neighborhood. Yep. So, in the MLB, you can sign a 10-year, $300 million contract, and most of that is guaranteed. And the toll on your body is exponentially less. Um, so if he is a great baseball player, which sounds like he is, I mean, why would you not potentially go that route? There's more money, easier on your body, longer career. Right. I mean, I think the the lure would be, you know, um, just coming off a Heisman Trophy win, uh, playing baseball. I mean, it's it's not like he's jumping to the to the major leagues from the get go. Here, he's going to probably be in their farm system for a little bit. I mean, even if he's really good, I'm got to think he's going to spend some time in the minor leagues. Um, where you know, some are saying that he could potentially be a first round pick here in 2019 in the NFL, and potentially could be could be playing right off the get go. That has to be a little bit enticing if you're Kyler Murray, I would think. Yeah, but also at the same time, Chris. 
he if he is going to be drafted in 2019 you would assume it's fairly high to a, a pretty bad team and then you're just in a dumpster fire sort of glass case of emotion you know where you don't know what to do with yourself so like like you and your with your fantasy football team chris we're great, off the fantasy football we're talking about kyler murray chris. <laughs> oh boy yeah i mean i, I get you, i get what you guys are saying i mean it's going to be it's not every day that you have a, an athlete like kyler murray that you know he's a first round major league baseball draft pick and a potential nfl first round pick um, to kind of see where he ends up is going to be interesting. Rob, I know you have probably a couple more thoughts on that. Yeah, I just, I just think that, you know, if, if you look at it, the NFL is way more popular. It, you know, especially with the crowd I hang around with, the NFL is more popular. So I guess if you're going for the popularity, you'll probably be more recognized in the NFL. But again, the MLB is so huge, a lot of money to be made. It'll actually be kind of interesting to see what he does. Shane, any last thoughts on, on Kyler Murray and what he's about to do next? Yeah, I mean, like Rob said, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, in terms of what he'll do, I think Boris, will, we've seen in the past, he always finds a way to get his guys a lot of the money. Um, so that'll probably be what he'll go toward. And I think that could potentially be the MLB where he's going to get more money. Yeah, props props to Kyler Murray for for a great season and winning the Heisman Trophy this year for Oklahoma. That's back to back Oklahoma Heisman Trophy winners. We had Baker Mayfield last year and now Kyler Murray this year. We're gonna let's do a little bit of a, a way too early 2019 Heisman predictions here from the from the scout team MVPs. I mean, I think a couple of those guys that were finalists this year have to have to be early favorites for next year, right? I I guess it kind of depends on how much interest is in the NFL for those quarterbacks. I would assume it's pretty high because it seems like a lot of NFL teams need quarterbacks. But I'm gonna go ahead with uh you know love watching this guy play. I'm gonna my favorite so far. It's a long shot in my opinion, but it's possible. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, running back for Wisconsin. I'm calling it 2019 Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> Boom. Love it, Rob. Yep. I mean, I think I'm on the same page as you. Like we said, we're all, all Wisconsin Badger fans here and seeing another Heisman Trophy winner at Wisconsin. I think you know, our last being Ron Dane back in 1999. Uh, Jonathan Taylor won the Doak Walker Award this year, best running back in the nation. Uh, Badgers had a down season. Otherwise, I think he might have garnered some more interest for that Heisman. I know he was top 10 in the voting this year, but I think with a strong performance next year and, and a little bit stronger performance from the Badgers as a whole, I, uh, Jonathan Taylor definitely going to be in the hunt next year for a Heisman, for sure. Not a chance. No? No no chance. Uh, his teammate Alex Hornibrook's probably going to take the award home. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully we never have to see him throw another pass for the Badgers. Good. Gracious, he's terrible. Uh, you know, for me, since uh, Tua and Haskins are both sophomores and they will be back, regardless of the NFL attention, Rob, I think those two have to be your favorites for next year. Like you said, quarterback award, uh, you know, one of those two guys is winning it. Yeah, it's. I think it's like, like we were talking about. Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he's a great running back, and I think it's all going to ultimately depend on how, how good the batters do next year. And with, with Tua... Tonga Vailoa coming back next year. Um, it's probably his Heisman Trophy to lose, especially after what he's done this season and his national championship performance last season. Um, yeah, what a what a great award. I mean, it's got to be one of the the best individual awards in all of sports. Um, I was listening to ESPN Radio and, and they did a, a segment on what award would you rather win, and you know some of the options were uh, Heisman Trophy. Uh, green jacket um, and things like that. Um, and I was kind of surprised and a green jacket actually took that one, but being a Heisman trophy winner is just something that, you know, you're never going to forget. Fans are never going to forget. You you bring that trophy home to not only yourself, but for, for the team and the fan base as well. So again, hats off to Kyler Murray, the 2018 Heisman trophy winner. And 
we are back here on the Scout Team MVPs podcast. This is episode two of your weekly sports podcast. We just finished up talking a little bit about Heisman Trophy winner Kyler Murray, and we are going to now jump into our fourth segment of the week, which we are going to call Honorable Mentions of the Week, kind of break down some of those sports topics that are happening out there in the world of sports that aren't garnering much attention, but we want to bring up to you guys to make you aware. And we are going to throw it to Shane for our first honorable mention of the week. Yeah, for me, uh, anybody who knows me knows I'm a big baseball fan, uh, Brewers primarily. So we'll start there. Milwaukee linked to Wilson Ramos today. Uh, he's a catcher last season. He spent some time with Philadelphia and NL. He hit 306 with 15 home runs. Anybody who watched a Brewers game last year did not see a Brewers catcher approach the 300 average mark. Uh, nowhere near that amount of power. Be a pretty big upgrade for them. They're also been linked to pretty much every starting pitcher out there. So that's natural. Um, they've even been linked to another big name, Bryce Harper, as a dark horse for Bryce Harper. Considering the fact that he already got offered $300 million by Washington, I believe it was, Brewers are not going to get Bryce Harper. Teams that he met with that we know of this week, uh, they were going to be the Mets, I believe he might have met with, the Nats, the Phillies, and the Yankees it was. Um, so he is drawing interest from them. Manny Machado, also the Yankees, the White Sox, and the Phillies. Um, Phillies also signed Andrew McCutcheon this week, so they are on the rise. And looking NL Central-wise, Paul Goldschmidt coming to the Cardinals, that's a big pickup for them. Closest thing they've had at first base to Albert Pujol since he left. Um, That offense is going to be pretty scary next year, I think. Yeah, so it sounds like a lot of action happening this week at the baseball winter meetings. Always a fun time for baseball fans out there just to see what big name free agents are going where, if their team's going to hop on the train, sign somebody new, a big name, lots of dollars out there in baseball like we talked about earlier. Um, But in our next honorable mention of the week, we are going to throw it to Rob. So in my first honorable mention this week, I'm definitely going to have to go with the FIFA Women's World Cup happening in June of this year, or next year, I should say. The draw happened over... The past week, uh, U.S. drew in Group F with Thailand and Chile and Sweden, 29th, 38th, and 9th overall ranking. So they have a pretty easy, breezy cover girl to the nice to the knockout rounds. <laughs> Can we do that without nice. getting? Uh, yeah, always. That was a joke. Always a. F- <laughs> oh yeah, uh, the cover girl not not a sponsor of the show quite yet, um, but we're, we're working on it. I use the product um, every day, so I thought I'd throw it out there. <laughs> yeah, you know, World Cup time always, always a fun time uh, for all the soccer fans out there. Having the men's U.S. team not make it in the previous World Cup here was definitely a downer for us here in the United States. Um, but we always have that women's team who always seemed to play well, um, doing just fine. So. Great honorable mention, Rob. There, I think you also have one more honorable mention of the week, and. You know, Pfizer Forum just opened up not too long ago. So my next honorable mention is going to be the UFC in Milwaukee, December 15th. The card doesn't look super great. It's going to be a rematch versus uh, Kevin Lee versus Ayakinta. It's not great for shock value, but, you know, if you're interested in UFC and you live around Milwaukee and you've always wanted to see one, it'd be a good time to go. Uh, they do also have a couple Milwaukee ties to this UFC fight in the undercard. Um, Eric Koch, he's fighting out of Milwaukee. And then uh, Sergio Pettis, brothers with uh, Tony Pettis, and uh, he, uh, he's MKE-born, so that should be interesting. Yeah, I uh, can't personally say that I've ever been to a, a UFC event, but something happening so close to us here in Wisconsin, definitely one of those things that might have to check out in the future. Yeah, honorable mentions of the week. Uh, like I said, one of those things that we want to make you guys aware of some of those things that are happening out there that don't always garner the biggest news, especially during NFL football season and getting so close to the playoffs. But yeah, we got the baseball winter meetings going on, FIFA World Cup for the women coming June of next year, and UFC in Milwaukee coming this Saturday, December 15th at the new Fiserv Forum. 
segment number five coming at you here on the scout team mvps podcast this is our second episode which will be weekly sports content for all you sports nuts out there and we are coming into our favorite segment of the week scouting for picks now a little bit of another rundown about just exactly what we're doing here we are going to pick three games every week in a you know nfl pick them style way um we picked three games last week those three were philadelphia eagles at the dallas cowboys we had the bears and the rams and we also had the seattle seahawks and the minnesota vikings give you guys a rundown of kind of all went down there cowboys obviously won that game with philadelphia shane was the only one of us three to get that game correct oh Boy. Yeah, some of Not us are a little bit fair. better than others. It's okay. To be Not, fair, it uh, wasn't looking good until the very end for him, so I'm not really worried. He got lo- he got lucky. It's in not it. how you start; it's how you finish. Moving on. Uh, so after after our first matchup, Shane is one and zero, and Rob and I sit at zero and one, and we move into the Los Angeles Rams and Chicago Bears. Bears on top, fifteen to six in that matchup, and well. We also now have Rob, the only one correct in that game. Yes, sir. You guys all bite me. Okay, so Rob, uh, get I a little s- bit uh, edgy there toward the end of the Dude, show. I love this segment; just fires me up, guys. I'm so edgy <laughs> in this one. So, so uh, currently, I am sitting at 0 and 2, um, and you boys one wow, great one. Start, Chris. Yep, yep, kind of like your fantasy team. <clears throat> Anyways, <laughs> got him. Got him. Uh, third matchup of the week, we had Minnesota at Seattle, and that was our Monday night matchup. And Seattle coming out on top, twenty-one to seven. Both Shane and I picking the Seahawks correctly. There's my there's yeah, my Rob. first victory of the week, boys. Yeah, mm-hmm. Rob going with Kirk Cousins, who's never won a Monday night football game on the road. <laughs> Good pick, Rob. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Those those sort of stats don't mean crap. No, not well, at all. Apparently they Except do. for 0 and 5. I mean, well, whatever. So the last I saw the game, it was like 3 to 0. So I'm pretty sure they both had a shot to lose equally. So another locked out game for you guys. Hey, Seattle's got the oh. 21 and 5, man. Hometown or uh, at home on night games. Yeah, I mean, Seahawks are tough at home and they come Definitely, out on yeah. top against the Vikings on Monday Night Football. So. That brings our week 14 scouting for picks overall record to Shane sitting on top right now at two and one and Rob and I tied for second at one and two. However, we have three more games this week that I am surely going to go three and oh on to get me right back up in that top dog position. Uh, And we are talking week 15 matchups with our first coming this Thursday night on Thursday night football, we have the 10 and three Los Angeles chargers at the 11 and two Kansas city chiefs. Shane predictions on this game. It's a tough one. Two good football teams, chargers, good offense. Phillip rivers is playing well. He's very underrated uh, this year, especially Against the Chiefs, Mahomes obviously lighting it up. That offense, ridiculous. I'm personally hoping for a high-scoring game with Keenan Allen and Mahomes on my fantasy team. Uh, Give me the Chiefs at home. I think they'll win that one. Close game, but I think they take it by a touchdown. All right, Shane's got uh, the Chiefs in a close one. Rob, what do we got? So I'm going to go the other way with it because, yeah, home field's cool. But, um, you know, L.A. is pretty good offensively and they got a superior defense kansas city is 32 ranked in pass defense um they're also 25th in rush defense total defense (laughs) they're ranked 30th so i really don't think that it's gonna i know they're i know they're at home but i really don't think they'll be able to stop uh, philip rivers so you're going going chargers eh? yes sir yes sir all right, so we got Shane going with the Kansas City Chiefs at home, and we have the visiting Los Angeles Chargers uh, with Rob. And now comes to me, and I mean, 
Arrowhead Stadium in you know Kansas City, tough place to play, especially with a Chiefs team that, like we talked about earlier, just keeps on chugging along even with the loss of Kareem Hunt. Um, playing at home, prime time in that environment, I am going to go with the Chiefs. So Shane and I going Chiefs, Rob going Chargers, which brings us to our second matchup of the week and one of the longest rivalries in football. We have Packers at Bears, Packers sitting at 5-7-1, Bears at 9-4. and four. This is a noon game central time here for us on Sunday. Like I said, one of the longest running rivalries in football, 195 total games played between the two and the Packers currently hold the edge right now at 96, 93, and 6 overall. Shane, why don't you go ahead and start us off with your pick for that matchup? This is an interesting one. Uh, Packers always play well in Chicago, but that Bears defense is ridiculous. Packers offense is inconsistent. I am going to have to go with the Bears at home, or excuse me, the Bears in that one. Uh, yeah, the Bears are at home. Potentially at tough. Home. Yeah, potentially tough environment to throw the football in, which affects the Packers more than the Bears because they rely on Aaron Rodgers to win the game. Uh, I think the Bears take it pretty easily, honestly. All right, Shane's, Shane's going with the Bears. Rob? Yeah, I'm also going to go with the Bears here. Unfortunately, I have to agree with Shane. Uh, the Bears are pretty much better than the Packers in every single way, especially on defense. But the one area they do lack is their pass offense. Trubisky is definitely inconsistent, but I think their defense will be able to help hold them out. Uh, Green Bay is zero is zero and six away, and uh, Chicago six and one at home. So uh, it's kind of all things pointing towards the Bears here. <laughs> Yeah, Green Bay definitely obviously struggling on the road this season. One of those big reasons why Mike McCarthy was let go as head coach. But anytime we get a, a Packers-Bears matchup, we always uh, you kind of never know what you're going to get. I mean, the Packers have had their number in recent memory, but always a fun matchup. Might be a little chippiness on the field. When you have two teams like this that have been going at it for so long, always going to be fun to watch. Um, being a Packer fan and the only Packer fan on this show, I, of course, am picking the Packers. So we have Shane and Rob both going Bears there. I'm going Packers and gets us to our third and final scouting for picks matchup of the week. We have the 9-4 and four Patriots at the Steelers, who are 7-5-1 and one. Uh, Sunday afternoon game. Shane, who you got? Well, both of them are coming off pretty devastating losses. I don't bet against Tom Brady after a loss like that. I think the Patriots take this one. Patriots for Shane. All right, Rob, what do we got on this matchup? So this is probably one of the closest matchups I'll have to decide between if if Big Ben plays. If he doesn't play, it's New England all day. But I'm definitely going to go with uh, New England still, even though if he does play. Um, I just think... Uh, their offense is a little more consistent, especially with Connors. Not he's he's kind of up and down. The Steelers are one in six at home versus the Patriots in the last seven games they've played. So that's you know that's definitely concerning. You know Patriots really good offense, Tom Brady. Uh, but we'll see if Big Ben plays and if I'm right. <laughs> All right, so that leaves me. Uh, let's see here. Like you said, Shane. You know, coming off two losses like these two teams are. I think it's going to come down to, to coaching in this matchup, and I'm going to go with the Patriots in this matchup as well. So that was our third and final matchup of the week in our scouting for picks segment. Tune in next week as uh, to hear just how we did. Hopefully I can get uh, get off that uh, one and two record there. Jump over Shane. Rob, I'm not really worried about you. Um so hey uh chris how about you stop being so mean to me guy we're <laughs> friends i thought i thought we were friends <laughs> we are friends rob that's why i like to pick on you <laughs> so that wraps up our scouting for picks segment and uh we're gonna jump into our, our last segment and wrap it up here And we're back here on episode two of the Scout Team MVPs podcast, and we are going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us yet again 
uh, for our episode two of the Scouting MVPs podcast. Listen to us every single week on Wednesdays. And be sure, like I said, subscribe so you guys are notified every single week when we when we drop another episode. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and we're also at anchor.fm slash MVPs and everywhere that you guys enjoy listening to podcasts. Also, jump on our website at www.scoutteammvps.com. Also, uh, donations definitely appreciated to help keep us running here. Uh, if you guys enjoy what you hear from the Scout Team MVPs, don't hesitate to throw a donation our way. We are coming at you again next week for Episode 3. Can't wait. Can't wait, boys. Can't wait. What do you guys think? Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm super stoked right now. Um, I just want everyone to know we are going to be adding content to our social media and our website very soon. So thanks for listening. Well, yeah. well. I was doing the math tonight. Rob used the phrase dumpster fire four times. If we can top that in episode three, I'll be very impressed. Uh, d- well, I thought it was only fitting using the word dumpster fire because I am recording with you. So, you know, well, it sounds like it sounds like you found oh. a new phrase. I mean, it's about time. I love hey. the phrase dumpster fire. <laughs> you are so w- with that, we got, we thank you guys for joining us on this episode. Number two of the scout team MVPs podcast. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and check us out on Facebook and Twitter. See you guys. See you boys next week. Check you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Scout Team MVPs. Be sure to subscribe and tune in next week as the MVPs discuss all the nonstop action in the world of sports.